if you're able, would you remain standing for a moment longer? We're going to be reading out of Acts chapter 20. We're going to read verses 32 through 38. Acts chapter 20. This is the word of our Lord, Acts chapter 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way, by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. This is the word of our Lord. Let us pray together. Glorious God, we pray that you would speak to us this morning. Open our eyes for us to see glorious things concerning you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. What a weird passage for our Mother's Day sermon. (laughs) It is uh, primarily a passage for elders as Paul addresses the elders from the nearby church in Ephesus. He's on the way to Jerusalem. He firmly believes that he is on the way to die. He wants to talk to the Ephesian elders. This is the church he spent the most time of his adult life, his Christian life in, was Ephesus. But he doesn't want to go into town because he fears that if he goes into town, they're going to try to keep him from continuing his journey to Jerusalem. So he invites them to come to Miletus, a coastal city, to talk to them. And we have this picture of Paul addressing the Ephesian elders on this beach on the way to Jerusalem as he thinks that he's going to die as a result of going to Jerusalem. But if you stop for a moment you see that it is not that strange of a text for a Mother's Day sermon. This is the only sermon in the book of Acts in which Paul is preaching to believers. Every other sermon in the book of Acts, he's preaching to unbelievers. In this one, he's specifically addressing the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's speaking to the elders of the church. He speaks to all Christians, including mothers. I also want to say that though I'll be applying them, applying these these principles that we're going to see here in Acts 20 to mothers, they really apply to all Christians. So don't turn off. Don't turn your hearing aid off. Don't go to sleep just yet. Listen to what I have to say from the Word of God. Uh, A few years ago, someone, I can't remember who, posted a blog post from another person, a young woman called Amy Young, uh, regarding Mother's Day. Uh, Amy Young is not a mother, or at least wasn't at the time she posted, she wrote this. And in that entry, 
she made a, a helpful suggestion to pastors. She encouraged us to recognize the whole spectrum of motherhood, everything that has to do with motherhood. And this is what she says. I wanted to read what she said because that will then help us. Uh, there will be the glasses, the lenses that we're going to use to develop the rest of our time here together. She's addressing mothers, and she says this, To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes and prods and tears and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own child, children, we are thankful for you. To those who are step-parents, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who, who have empty nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. She concludes by saying, This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. Why read this long introduction? Because I don't think we realize as a congregation that we have in this small congregation examples of every one of these categories that I read through. We forget the spectrum of motherhood. And as we think of all these kinds of mothers, I want to focus on verse 35 of Acts 20, where Paul quotes our Lord Jesus and says, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Although Paul lived for several more years after this encounter, with the Ephesian elders, he was confident that this was going to be the last time he was going to see them. 
He was convinced that he was going on his way to die in Jerusalem, and that these words were the last words he was going to speak to them. Look at verse 25. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Then in verse 37, Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorry most of all for the words which he spoke that they would see his face no more. Thinking that you are going to die tends to sober you up. It tends to make you focus on what is most important. And Paul thinking that he is going to die, Paul thinking that he's the last time he's going to see the closest people to him in his Christian life, he says, the Lord tells you it's more blessed to give than to receive. So let's think then of motherhood and really of all of Christianity in those terms. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And the essence of motherhood really is serving, isn't it? It's giving. Uh, if you are our parent, you remember those early, the, 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 when the baby comes back home from the hospital, or if you are brave and have them at home, and they survive that, and they are there with you, and all that you do, I mean, all they are is little crying poopy machines, and they do nothing for you. All that you're doing is giving to them, and giving to them, and giving to them. And as they grow older, there's more giving back and so on. But that giving never stops from the side of a mother. So I think we can say that the, the essence of motherhood is serving. It's giving. And I want you to see that that statement that Paul makes, quoting the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 35, is couched in a blessing in verse 32. In verse 32, Paul says, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the words of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul ends his instructions to the Ephesian elders with a benediction, with a blessing. To commend someone is to set before or to place before. In essence, Paul is saying, May you always be found in the presence of the Lord and of His grace as described in His Word. And as Paul blesses them, he reminds them of what the Lord said in verse 35. Now, this saying is not found in the Gospels. It is a dominical saying. It is something that the Lord Jesus did say, but it's not found in the Gospel. Either the Holy Spirit directly revealed that to Paul or some Body who witnessed Jesus' life told Paul, you know, Jesus all the time was saying it is more blessed to give than to receive. And yet we know that this is the word of the Lord Jesus. Now we tend to think in that we serve in order to be blessed. That we serve and that as the result of that serving, a blessing is going to come in the future. And here... Paul challenges that way of thinking when he includes serving in the, in the blessing he bestowed the Ephesians elders. He says that your blessing is that you're going to serve. That's not how we usually think of service. 
motherhood, motherhood is giving. Motherhood is serving. And that in and of itself is a blessing from the Lord, even though in the midst of the diaper years, it just doesn't feel like a blessing. But it is what God has given to us to experience Him. If we think of our calling life, including motherhood, as a blessing from the Lord, we will be better equipped to face the harder blessings. If we face the things that God calls us to do, the service we are supposed to give as a blessing to the Lord, the service itself, then when those harder blessings come our way, we're going to be better able to receive, be it the constant diaper changing, be the, be the constant sleepness. And if you have a little chilled child and you say, I cannot wait till my kids grow up so I can sleep at night. <laughs> Sorry, Thomas, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, the, the blessing of limited social life because of kids. The blessing of countless spankings. Remember one time where one of our kids was home with Emily and I was at work. And Emily calls me just in tears, desperate, because she had to spank that kid 17 times in a row. Because that child would not, would just not. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to name names. That child would just not obey. He would just defiantly uh, continue. And it's difficult to see those things as blessings from the Lord. Can you imagine the blessing of preparing a child for heaven? And that's what... (laughs) Your day will come, Miles. And may the Lord give you children just like you. (laughs) But seriously, if we can get back to that... When we are training our children, when we are spanking them, and I've said several times, there's some mystical union between the child's bottom and their heart. And we can't waste that connection. And as we do that, that the doing in and of itself is a blessing from the Lord. The Lord gives us grace to do that. And as Charles Hodge, the famous Princeton theologian, would say, that is such an honor to be entrusted by God with children to prepare them for heaven. The preparation itself is a blessing. And as we think of the serving itself as a blessing, then we're going to be able to receive these harder blessings like late nights wondering what your kids are doing as they get older and are out of the home. So serving, giving is a blessing in and of itself. It's not primarily a means to something else. It is a blessing from the Lord. But this type of thinking doesn't happen unless you know the grace of God. Notice the blessing again in verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. God... And the word of His grace will build you up, will equip you to serve others. Putting another, another before ourselves is not natural. It's not something that we can do by nature. 
because we all have a sinful nature, our natural inclination is to look after ourselves and to see other people, including our kids, as means for us to get what we want. If you're, if you're a parent, you know that you've never had to teach your kids to be selfish. They, they know that from conception on. You know, they are the mother's womb, the keeping her awake by kicking and pushing and making her uncomfortable. So you can see that they are focused on themselves from the very beginning. We are focused on ourselves from the very beginning. It's not natural to serve and to think of serving as a blessing apart from the great grace of God. And if that's where we are, we only see our kids as a means for us to get what we want. And if we take that attitude into parenting, then life will be great when our kids are doing well. But if they are not doing well, life will stink. Because that's where we find our worth, our value, and our identity. This often happens because parents measure their worth by how their kids are doing. And that's, that, that's understandable in, 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 in some ways. But mothers... Look to me. Look at me for a moment. Your worth is not in your kids, is not in the kids' behavior, is not in their achievements. Your worth is in Jesus Christ, your Savior. And that's it. It doesn't matter if they chew their mouths open, as annoying as it might be. Doesn't matter if they drop food everywhere. Doesn't matter if they embarrass you in public, Rebecca. Your worth is in Christ Jesus. He is your Savior. He is the one that brought you up from the miry clay, gave you a new heart, gave you faith, set you up on a rock, and gave you a new song. Your children cannot do that for you. Christ has done. And this is, this is an encouragement to you. This is only an encouragement to you if you've found the grace of God in Jesus Christ. If you're a mother here without Christ, you're hopeless. And you will try to find your worth in other things, including your kids. But though your kids are great kids, they make lousy gods. And they will not be able to deliver you. Listen to how Paul viewed motherhood. I say this tongue-in-cheek because this is how he views all of life. And motherhood is part of of life. And Philippians 3, as I said last week, 7 through 11 is a passage that's been in my mind. And think of this in the context of motherhood when Paul says, But what things were gained to me, these have counted loss for Christ. Does that include your kids? Yes. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. As you are consumed with Christ and His grace, instead of your kids, 
you will actually be a much better mother because you will be a contented mother. And because biblical motherhood is a grace-based giving of oneself, then pride is gone. Because you're not find, finding your worth in your kids. We pride ourselves in things in which we find our identity. If our identity is in Christ, then pride is gone. John Calvin says, Man can never be rightly framed to obey Christ whose looks are lofty and whose heart is proud. So mothers, the best way for you to be a mother is to lose yourself in Christ and not find your worth in your kids. Now kids, look up for a moment. Look up. Wake up for a second. Look up. Miles, are you looking? All right. Stouts, looking? I can only see some of you. Charlotte, Jackson, all right. Leland, don't you dare make you the center of your mother's life. If you do that, you're being an agent of Satan in your mother's life. The se- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't you dare. She is not your servant. She is not here to make your life better. As a matter of fact, you're secondary in both your father's and mother's life. They were a family before you came. They will remain a family after you leave. Don't dare making their lives about you. And the thing is that God is going to bless your family if you have that attitude. Your mom and dad are going to be the best mom and dad in the world if you have that Christ-centered vision for them and for you in their lives. It's interesting here that Paul encourages us to give, to serve, without thought of reward. Look at verse 33. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that we, you must support the Weak. For Paul, the ability to serve was the reward. Now we go back to the gospel and see that through it, you have been free to serve. As a matter of fact, serving others is a characteristic of eternity. In Revelation 22, when it's talking about the forever, when we've been raised with Christ, when we are standing in our glorified bodies before God, heaven is described as serving Christ forever. So if you don't like serving now, you're not going to like to heaven either. Because that's what we're going to be doing forever. And how do we do this? How do we as mothers, or how do you as mothers do this? First of all, you must be more in love with Jesus than you are with your children. As cute as your children are, they're not going to redeem you. Now what motivated Paul in ministering to the Ephesians for three years was the gospel of Jesus Christ, as it says in verse 21. Secondly, you must want your children to believe. Do you get that? No such thing as hands-off parenting when it comes to faith. You must want your children to believe, mothers. The, mo- the f- most foolish thing you can say is that, you know what, I need to stand back and they need to decide what they need to do. 
If you do that, you're going to be the only person in the entire universe not trying to influence your child. So you must want them to believe and follow Christ more than you want anything else from, for them. It doesn't matter if they go to college if they end up in hell. It doesn't matter if they can throw a ball if they end up in hell. It doesn't matter if they speak six languages and yet they don't understand the language of God through Jesus Christ in His Word. Thirdly, you rely on the grace of God by being on your knees. You notice that Paul ends this passage in verse 36 by kneeling with the Ephesian elders and praying for them. Intercede for your children, no matter what age they are. Some of you, your children are, they have their own grandchildren at this point. They're still your children. Intercede for them. Bring them before the throne of grace where Jesus sits ready to answer your prayers. Our God is our, our God has promised to be our God and the God of our children. Bring His promises back to Him. Mothers, the salvation of many have been accomplished on the knees of mothers through their prayers. Be a Jacob. Remember that incident in Bethel when God shows up to him and he says, okay, I'm going to leave now. And God, and Jacob wrestles God, says, I'm not going to, and God says, let me go. I'm not going to let you go to you. Bless me. That's the sort of praying that you need to pray for your children. So, when you come before God, is God saying, she's here again, I can't believe it. She's here all the time. Or is God going to tell you, huh, it's been a while since you prayed for your children. Lastly, make both the little moments and the big moments about the grace of God. Look at verse 20. How I kept back nothing, Paul tells the elders, that was helpful, but proclaim it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Paul ministered to the Ephesians in the big moments of the gathered services of the church and in the little moments of people's living rooms. The 10,000 little moments of motherhood are moments when the grace of God must be present. Changing diapers, running a forgotten assignment to school, Helping with homework, crying over a broken relationship. Those are the moments, the little moments of life where the grace of God must be present. And I said Leslie, but it was a pastoral Leslie. This is the last thing. Mothers, do the hard work of speaking what is profitable to your children. Look at verse 27. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Don't be afraid to say to your children what needs to be said. Don't crowd, and, and on, on top of that, don't crowd your life with stuff that is going to keep you from saying what needs to be said. Don't make your life about Sports practice, instruments practice, lesson for this, lessons for that, to the point where you just don't have any time to talk to your children or you're so exhausted that you can't do it. Because better than speaking French is knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Better than playing the violin is knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. 
better than knowing all the emperors of the Roman Empire from Caesar to the last one is knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Do the hard work of speaking what is profitable to your children. The whole counsel of God. Everything they need to have. But they will, they will get mad at you. But the Lord will work through that. The Word of God is powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. And it will split open what's in their hearts before their God. And God uses that for their salvation. Now, how thankful we are for the mothers in our church. We're thankful for you. We pray the Lord's richest blessings upon every one of you, and that you may may find your worth in your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. We thank you for the clear guidance it gives us. Father, enable us to live our lives before you, in obedience to you, knowing that it's a blessing to serve Thank you that you have served us through Jesus Christ. Enable us to serve you and others. For us in Jesus' name, amen.